Well, we had a gag plan where I'd be invisible to start <laughs> like Miles Morales, but uh, based on my space, it didn't work. So here we go. Hello, interwebs, and welcome to Close Up. I'm your co-host, Joe. And I'm Ryan. We just got out of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, and uh, we're here to talk about it. Full spoilers ahead. You've been warned. So, Ryan, what's your history with the Spider-Verse franchise? I mean, I guess it's just two movies, but... Uh, I remember the hype of it coming out back in 2017. 18. 18, 17. And uh, I actually went with my buddy uh, Taylor from Kingston because he was living down here at the time. And then I was like, hey, I heard this movie's pretty good. You want to go see it? He's like, yeah, sure. I'm not really into superhero movies, but let's go watch it. And then walking in a theater, I was like, that was one of the best Spider-Man movies that I've seen. And it really got me because I knew of the character of Spider of uh, Miles Morales. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. feels like a cash grab because I didn't know that much about it. I didn't know the backstory of Miles. I do now. I knew that the comic book writer daughter's uh, daughter is the same, I believe, uh, race or close to as Miles. So she wrote he wrote it to have like someone uh, represent someone of her ethnicity. Brian Michael Bendis, yeah, yes, him. Thank you. And, uh, that's what I learned after the movie, but, and then I coming out of the movie was like, wow, this is really awesome. And it really, it did introduce me to the Miles Morales character. I, this is not really part of the universe, but I played the Miles Morales game. I'm almost close to platinuming it. It's really fun. I really love the character of Miles Morales and just his whole, the whole reason why he is a character is. It's not because Marvel wanted to do something different. It's just them to prove that, hey, anybody can wear the Spider-Man mask. And I was, you heard, probably heard me talk about it all through this entire year of close-up, how, how hyped I was for this movie. And I'm really glad that I saw it one and a half times. <laughs> we'll get into the reasoning for that soon. So I actually didn't buy too much into the Spider-Verse hype for a really long time. I don't know why. What? You know me, I'm a contrarian. So back in 2018, I don't really remember where my headspace was at, but I kept hearing everybody say, oh yeah, this is such a good movie. But I think we were a couple of years into college and this is a period of time where nobody was really going to movies with me. And I'm still kind of like this today for, for animated movies where I'm like, I don't want to be a single adult guy going to animated movies alone. Because it just feels weird for most. I, I feel like End of the Spider-Verse has gotten to the point where that's not weird. Mm-hmm. But if I'm going to see like a Pixar movie alone, you know, that, that just feels weird to me. Yeah. Well, you could always wait nowadays when they release on Disney Plus day one. For some reason, they've been doing that to Pixar yeah. the past three years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's, I think, part of the reason I never go, went to see Spider-Verse, even though anyone I knew who did see it, just raved about it. And then it won an Oscar for Best Animated Feature, and that's about, you know, that's about when I... And I think I, Best Song, I think, as well. Or it was nominated uh, for it. Probably. I don't recall, but... Uh, no, 2018 uh, was Lady Gaga. Never mind. Right. Yeah, so I remember all the hype around it, and it was probably around the time it won the Oscar that I started being like, okay, okay, maybe this is even better than I've been thinking. So I should probably go see it. But by that point it was out of theater. So yada, yada, yada. I had to wait a while. I saw it maybe a year or two later than everybody else, but I loved it at the time. 
Uh, it really was a game changer in terms of, well, many things, you know, for, like you said, it proved Peter Parker wasn't necessarily the be all and end all of Spider-Man. You, most people did not know Miles Morales. I was aware of Miles just being a comic book nerd, but I wasn't necessarily excited to see him in a movie adaptation, but I, you know, let's give it a shot. But I'm more looking forward to Peter's role in the story, whatever it is, because, you know, I'm more of a Peter Parker fan. Came out 11 Miles Morales as a character really uh, won me over, just like it did general audiences. Uh, it also changed the game for animation. You know, it became the new Pixar and that Spider-Verse became the animation style everybody wanted to ape for the next, for the last five years. Whoever was already in production probably tried to pivot to that kind of thing. Anybody who was near finished started kicking themselves. They couldn't copy Spider-Verse. So, <laughs> yeah, it was it, it was very well done at the time. So I was I was pretty hyped coming into uh, Across the Spider-Verse. Not like extremely hyped. It's not one of my most anticipated, like super energized for it or anything. But I'm like, you know what? It, it's probably going to be a solid follow up. Not going to be disappointed going to see it. And that's about how I came out anyway. Uh, so now let's get into our close-up and review this thing. You want to tell your story, uh, your experience first, just to set yeah, the I'll stage. do it real quick. So, sat in uh, the movie theater, IMAX movie, downtown, Yon and Dundas, and watching the movie. It's perfect, loving it, loving the jokes. It's phenomenal. And then uh, we get to the part where Gwen Stacy says, "Hey, Miles, you got a minute." And almost right away, very close, screen goes black and we just hear, eh, 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 and we're all like, everybody groans because we're having such a fun time. And they tell us we need to leave the building. There's an emergency. Turns out it was a false alarm. Some random kid probably pulled the fire alarm as a joke or whatever. And then my theory is that kid got into a fight because I saw two kids running around one was chasing the other and one of them actually knocked over an older lady and it was very that was pretty upsetting she seemed to be okay and um the fire people showed up and they actually solved the issue i want to say probably under half hour so and i got to see the movie again (laughs) (laughs) so that's why i said at the top i saw it one and a half hours uh, one and a half times. And I actually got lucky. I was able to get to the front of the line to get another ticket pretty, pretty fast because I was by myself. And I thought, hey, if I wait at the gate, maybe they'll just let us in again. And sadly, they couldn't start us off where we had started because of obviously times and all that. But yeah. I, I have to shout out Cineplex, Yon and Dundas as well, though, for, again, they were following protocol. But also they reimbursed us for the movie we saw. And gave us another coupon to see another movie for free. So essentially we got two free tickets, if you think about it. And, you know, they didn't have to do that. So I really appreciate them for doing that. Was I a little worried that it was going to go off again as the movie was going? Yes, it didn't. And I'm happy it didn't. But it's weird. I really loved this movie. I thought it was phenomenal. But I had this just overwhelming anxiety that something bad was going to happen again, but I really loved it. Well, you and I both just got out of the theater. You got out of the theater maybe 
45 minutes ago uh, yeah. or so. I got out a couple hours ago. We're both still processing. We wouldn't normally film uh, our reviews right after, but we've got a... Yeah, a 40, we got shit to do. Yeah, we're, uh, we're entering in a 48-hour film competition this weekend starting tomorrow night. We're just going to be blitzing all weekend, so we got to do it today or not get anything out for you on Wednesday. So It's going to be our know. magnum opus. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I'm still formulating my thoughts more than usual, but, uh, this movie broke my brain. It, it just overpowered me. I don't know yet. (laughs) Like I, I loved, like I loved so much. I'll just get into him. Like, this is my biggest criticism just right off the bat. Cause I'm, this is just because of how I'm feeling right now, but it's nearly like too much of a good thing. It's like two hours and 20 minutes of this gorgeous animation that's so bright and colorful and it it just, it overloaded my brain. It feels like Miles Morales Mm -hmm. using his electricity to like shock my brain or something. It's just, I feel overstimulated right now so much that I can't even really process everything I've seen as easily as other movies. It's just so much of it and i can tell what it is is you know great quality fantastic technically uh in in every way and we'll get to that more later but it's just it's just a lot yeah uh they they packed a lot into this movie and my i'm just having problems picking it apart right now because of that it's just i hear you a lot but you liked it though oh yeah it's fantastic both said loved it okay oh yeah no I, I, i did love it i just i just need more time to okay you know Process everything. When I think about the movie, all I just imagine right now are just a bunch of flashes of colors. Colors and (laughs) it's just information. Especially when they're up on that train. Yeah, which is very rare for me. Yeah, not usually. Spoilers ahead, by the way. (laughs) I know we probably said it off the top, but spoilers. (laughs) Oh, yeah, hundred percent, hundred (laughs) percent. My review of this movie is basically no way home, but better. And I'll it explain went, why later. Well, it definitely went a lot further with the premise. And if we're comparing to the MCU, can we appreciate that uh, the nod they had to where Miguel yeah. O'Hara, where Miguel O'Hara was like, and then Doctor Strange messing with at things, Earth, and we nine, had to nine, clean nine, up nine, that nine. whole mess. Well, I love that they incorporated like live action stuff into it as well, and also just other yeah. different forms of art and media. Like that's so that's awesome. It's what Multiverse of Madness should have been. It's what No Way Home could have been. And I think No Way Home is fine. But they thought, hey, what if we actually tweaked our protagonist's uh, goal just to make it make more sense? And then the conflict would be a lot better. That's the, yeah. that's the one thing. That's my one problem in No Way Home is that Peter's like whole goal to save every villain is a little wonky. But I understand it if you watch the movie. But here it makes sense because he's trying to save his dad. And his dad is a very positive figure in his life. Yeah. Which I don't know if I want to start unpacking all the multiverse components right away. So I'll no. start I'll start light. Well, let's and wait say for the cameos later. There's one I have to say later yeah. though. I'll start light and say that the multiverse thing was set up pretty well right from the opening logos, where mm-hmm. the first thing you see in the movie is just the logos like most movies except Columbia, yeah. all the alternate all these alternate versions of it in different styles mm-hmm. which i'm not 100 percent. maybe they're styles from over the decades or maybe they're just original styles 
I have to research that. I don't even know if there'd be information on that. The movie is so new as of the time we're filming this. But that just is a really cool way to set up the idea of alternate things. <laughs> just set up in your mind, okay, this movie is going to have a lot of versions of things. Mm-hmm. Just right from the opening credits, it tells you what it's about. Which, if you've seen Spider-Verse, though, you already know about the multiverse. But it's just a cool stylistic way to get you into it. So yeah. the movie starts with a really long, cold open about Gwen Stacy, which Oof. pretty interesting. I, I didn't expect that. I thought we were going to get to Miles way sooner. But I'm like, oh, this is just, oh, is Gwen Stacy going to be the main character now? Because it went on that long enough for me to start wondering, is Miles even the main guy in this anymore? Mm-hmm. Which, of course, he was. But I'm glad they gave her her due, though. It, yeah, it I love really- Gwen Stacy. It got more into her deal from, I, you know, the movie was, the original movie was years ago, so I don't necessarily remember how much they explained of her, but I like that we got to see it play mm. out this time. Imagine watching it twice, though. Hmm. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. I know that feeling. I was at the theater for five hours. Yeah. I'm okay. Everyone, I'm okay. <laughs> I was pretty emotionally impacted there when she finally revealed her secret identity to her dad george and he was gonna be the good cop and arrest her anyway Mm -hmm. which sucks for her but also her dad's just one of those guys doing his job yeah really he's conflicted yeah do i do my duty the one thing that i'm building my whole identity around Mm -hmm. and arrest my daughter who i've been making a manhunt for this entire time without knowing it was her or you know do i be a good father which we find out Later in the movie, he gave up being a cop because he, you know, preferred to be the dad than the cop. But mm-hmm. I'm surprised that got resolved in this movie. I think it like, I'm surprised they didn't for- wait for it till the next movie because that's usually what these types of movies would do. But I'm glad it did. I'm glad Just it get did out as the well way because so they can focus on the giant conflict. Because I knew there was going to be a part one and two going into this. A lot of people didn't. Yeah. I saw this movie with Justin. He didn't accept until. Oh no. But- by the end, though, he started cluing in that it was started not going to resol- that it was not going to resolve in this movie. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it needed to resolve in this movie; otherwise, this movie does not stand alone very well. Because a lot of these part one and twos rely so heavily on the cliffhangers and don't mm-hmm. wrap up enough in their own. It's kind of like okay, here's a good example: Empire Strikes Back. Right, Empire Strikes Careful. Back is one of those is another one of these rare movies that stands really well alone as its own thing. But also it's, it leaves you on this massive cliffhanger without any resolution. Really? You get enough resolution to be satisfied with what you've got. A lot of things make the mistake of basically just doing a full on two parter. Like, well, we just got half a movie. And like, for example, another example of one that maybe wasn't like hunger games. Part one is very much half a movie. Yeah, and maybe I'll catch some flack for saying this because I did love this movie, but I think Dune kind of suffers from that too, is you're adapting half a book, and I don't think part one really resolved enough to be, like, it's very clearly part one of two. It's not really its own thing. And if the movie Mm -hmm. never got greenlit for a part two, which was not a guarantee at the time, I don't think the first one would be 
as well regarded. I don't think it stands alone. I kind of well give them a enough. pass because right off the bat, they tell you it's part one. Yeah, but like not right in any. But nobody knew that. Like, I, you know, I watch marketing for stuff and not once did anyone mention yeah. this was a part one. Everyone was going into this expecting it to be doing the full story, however long that story is somehow. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it was kind of a pleasant surprise to see part one because it's like, oh, good. They're not going to condense this Cram way it too in. much. We're going to we're going to get the full story. But I'm just saying in terms of movies that do a part one and two, there are some movies that stand alone well enough and other ones that leave a little too much hanging for their own good. Whether I hear what you're saying. Spider-Verse, I think, leans more onto the good side of that, where it resolved mm-hmm. enough that thematically I can say it completed its themes well enough in this story. The the bad guy and everything, that, that'll keep going on, that'll resolve. There's There's more plot and story to resolve, but is a thematic package across the Spider-Verse can be its own thing. Yeah. So. I yeah. very much agree. Yeah. So even Yeah, right it's crazy. Away, I didn't, I didn't yeah. know how much the animation style of this movie could improve until mm-hmm. I watched this movie. Yeah. Because I was like, okay, everybody's copying from Spider-Verse 1. Teenage, New, New, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is about to do it. Puss in Boots did it. And I was like, okay, how can they improve on this? And somehow they did. And I can't even explain how they did, but they just did. Everything just looks so crisp. It's so colorful. Even all the different multiverses they go to. It's it's phenomenal. I don't know how they did it. I don't know how they pull it off. And I'll tell you the part that impressed me the most was that every single character had its own unique art design. And I, I can't imagine how much of a labor of love that must have been to make that happen because mm-hmm. even just animating this entire movie and what like no wonder it took five freaking years even just animating thank god it got delayed <laughs> yeah even just animating this movie in one style would have been hard enough but i'm sure yeah. that's what took so long was taking every single character and it's not like they were half-assed either like these characters were in wide shots in very much detailed character Mm. designs and some of these shots were only a couple seconds long but if you're taking a quick look even you can see every character is treated with care and detail which you know maybe that's why most animations don't last the test of time is because animators take shortcuts usually for time and they don't have to they don't get to put in that level of care but uh Spider-Verse did, and it's all the better for it. It's a, it's a visual masterpiece. I don't know if I've I ever seen... I think it's seen... a front-runner for the Oscar again. Oh, it'll probably win. I don't... Off the top of my head, I can't say I've seen a movie with better animation. That's... Mm. Like, it's one of the most impressive animations I've ever watched. And right. I've watched a lot. It's just... It's that well done. I don't know... Mm. I don't know how they managed to... Like, in all the hundred years of animation, I'm shocked that they're still discovering new ways to keep things interesting. I know. It's ridiculous. A lot of times I feel like film has hit this dead end where, okay, we've done everything we possibly can. Now it's just, how do we, how does every creator put their own spin on it? And then Spider-Verse comes around and shows there are still new ways to keep things fresh and innovative. 
Mm-hmm. And then with this movie, they go and one up themselves. How? Crazy. That's just beyond impressive. To Which me. is going to be interesting to see if they one up themselves again in the next one because it's only a year later. So how much more can they improve? On? I'm sure they will. I'm just wondering how much more can they can improve on. I'm thinking not as much. I'm going to be a pessimist here. Yeah. Because this one took five years between this Mm -hmm. one and the second one. And I feel like part two, the fact that they knew it was going to be a part two this early and it's only coming out, what, next year? Right? Next year. Yeah. That tells me they probably worked on two and three back to back. And they're probably still working on three, mind you. And they probably have some new tricks up their sleeve to show. But I don't think it's going to be as drastic a leap as from one to two. Just because mm-hmm. how could it possibly be unless they were mostly working on part three this whole time and two is like, eh, this is the stuff we half-assed, <laughs> which yeah. would be so, <sighs> can't imagine that. <laughs> yeah. There's no way they will. Sony animation is keeping Sony afloat in terms of superhero stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, it might be keeping Marvel afloat now, too. You know, phase four is nothing to write home about. So I saw some. Well, it's technically not MCU, though. It's in association with Marvel. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's doing its own thing. Although that Donald Glover cameo was direct. Oh, my God. Brilliant. A part of me was like, my theater gasped the loudest it ever could. Just like. That was so funny. And the part of me is kind of like, that's me thinking that's Avi Aird going here. Here he is as the Prowler. Now leave me alone. <laughs> but I remember seeing him being like, oh, we can do live action. Is Toby going to show up? Is Andrew going to show up? Is Tom going to show up? And kind of? I don't remember seeing Toby's face. I saw. You saw him on the one... screen. We saw Toby? Yeah. Because they're looking. Okay. It's the part where they're talking about all the uncles are dead. And like. Yeah, I well, saw two of the first. One popped up, Uncle Ben, and then right beside him, you see Toby's sad little face. And okay. then okay. there's another one to his right. The It's the spectacular Spider-Man. They brought him in so many scenes. Yeah, he sh- That's like the one I had to freak out on. He straight up showed up and had lines. He had lines. I love him. I love how small he is. I knew, I knew as soon as I saw that, I thought about you. And like, you're, you're one of the biggest advocates of spectacular well, I clocked him. I clocked him before he even had a line. I saw him in the background. And I was like, oh, there he is. And then like, oh, that could have been him. And then he had a fucking line. I was like, <laughs> I don't know if it's the same actor because I was too busy freaking out. But the guy beside be me, the guy beside me, like was like looking at me kind of <laughs> just like, are you OK? I was like, it's a spectacular Spider-Man. It's one of the best Spider-Man stories of all time. I I grew up on the 60s show, so I like that there was a reference to that one as well. Mm. When he came swinging in right at the camera with the theme song, like, ah, that's it. Then he got his I also like stuck. there was a reference to the Spider-Man 2 video game because his roommate, Genki, is playing that as he's walking in and out of the dorm room. <laughs> he's playing it on his PlayStation. The new one, right? Yeah, the new one. Because oh, okay. yeah. I knew he had, PS- I saw he had a PS5. Yeah. Like, I, I saw, he's playing I Spider-Man right. 2. I looked to the yeah, right. I looked to and, and, yeah. I looked to the right and saw he had a PS5 controller in his hands. Justin looked to the left and saw he was playing Spider-Man on the TV. And then mm-hmm. we compared notes later and we're like, ah, product yeah. placement. Good one. And then the Insomniac Spider-Man showed up. I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. And it's not not one like where it was in the first movie where it was just the, his suit that showed up. No, it's his actual 
character model that showed up, and I thought that was really awesome. I wonder if they got the same voice actor too. I I I, I think again, so. Yeah, yeah. It's Probably. still too it's still too new to necessarily have this information. I recognize at the it. time of filming. Yeah, it sounded like him though. I part of me was a little bummed that they didn't have the video game Miles Morales, but I think because Miles Morales in this universe, like this uh, telling of the Spider-Verse, he is, again, he's the anomaly. That's the whole point. Like, Miles yeah. Morales is not supposed to be Spider-Man. Yeah. So maybe that's, like, the anomaly. But maybe next the, movie, who knows? But also in the, um, in the video game universe, he's not as much of an anomaly because, yeah, he's maybe not, he's no. not, te- because that Peter Parker is still alive. Yeah. So who, so who cares? Now. <laughs> that world, that like that world, still has a Spider Man. So, yeah. E- either way, it's not. Yeah, but this Miles became Spider Man, and another world never got one. Mm-hmm. Which, I, once again, I yeah. don't want to get into that now because we're still talking about the cameos and the ending. So good, whatnot. Uh, I love Ben Riley. Yes, the, I saw him when he was super perched. I was like, they fucking got Ben Riley. Let's go. The broodiest one possible. Oh, let's see. I love else. how like I love how uh Miguel era he was like I'm Ben. You're coming with me. I was like yes, <laughs> bring him. <laughs> and when he was doing the poses on the rooftop, like perfect pose. Yeah, looking at the wall is normal. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I haven't seen that show that he's in, but that's so funny. Like the commentary on that. Yeah. Let's see who else. Who else? There was a lot of ones mm-hmm. that stood out to I'm me. I'm surprised a lot of the characters from the last movie didn't show up until the end. Maybe it's because they couldn't get the voice actors for this movie. Right. And then, I mean, who knows? I also it was think too much were, to cover. I also think in a sequel, they want to go bigger, bolder. They, want, mm. they wanted to get as many new characters introduced as possible. You're going into that mm-hmm. spider realm with a million different versions of Spider-Man, some of whom we actually have seen adapted before. You want to know my favorite, my favorite pun was? Which? Peter parked car. I love that. I, wrote, I even wrote that one down in here. That's it took so me a, funny. It took me a second because it was, a, it was one of the gags you had to read. And it, just, it, it showed up so quick. I'm like, Peter parked car. And then thought about it. Peter parked car. Oh. <laughs> It's so stupid, but it's so funny. And it just beats oh. runs away. Oh, uh, oh yeah. The other the other thing is the uh, the pointing meme. Yeah, arrest arrest. That was Spider-Man. in the trailer, but my theater like yep. was okay. hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. That is so funny. He's like, no, this Spider Man. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they getting away from all the I I uh I want to. Spe- I know he's not going to. But I want Spectacular Spider-Man to have more lines in the next movie. I know he's not, and they gave me this, and I really because this is their baby if you think about it. Because mm-hmm. like Sony produced Spectacular Spider-Man. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. It's on Disney Plus. One of the episodes is out of order, but that's okay. It's actually not okay because it's at it's listed at the final episode, but it's not the final anyway. Yeah, look up a guide anyway. Uh, but it's it was their baby, and then Marvel bought or gave Disney the TV rights, which means Spectacular Spider-Man could not be produced because it was owned by Sony. It's a whole legal fucking battle. It's ridiculous. But yeah, and so Sony's like, hey, there's this incredible show that we had back in the day, 
let's give it some love. And a lot of people love this show. Really wish they had had the suit in the first Spider-Man game, Insomniac game. They never put it in there. Uh, hopefully for the second game. It's one of my most, it's one of on my wish list suits. But who knows? I'm happy to see him. I was getting like a schoolgirl. I don't know if that phrase is appropriate anymore. I don't care. <laughs> I just, I, I, I loved it. I loved all the cameos in this and it didn't feel it like, yeah, it's organic like nostalgia baiting, for- but it's Spider-Man. Like it's Spider-Man animated. It, you expect this to happen, right? It's nostalgia so bait, but it's not, this? it's nostalgia bait, but it's not nostalgia bait. Mm-hmm. That's nostalgia. Bad nostalgia bait is trying to make that the entire feeling. It's let's enjoy this because you recognize this thing. This story's actually got meat on its bones, so it's just a little bit extra Mm -hmm. on top, just to make you a little happier even. You can enjoy a good thing on its own. If none of these cameos were in the movie and it was just a bunch of random Spider-Men they made up for the movie, it would still just be entertaining. Yeah. For all many people in the audience know these are just random Spider-Man they made up for the movie. And then, oh, maybe they'll recognize the Andrew Garfield or cameo mm. in the, like, with the People gasped when they saw Andrew Garfield. They were like, oh. Oh, yeah. They I were also, shocked. I think a more subtle one a lot of people didn't get was the, uh, pff, the uh, convenience store lady from Venom. Yeah. That was another gap that so I sat again. I saw that part twice, but yeah. both times people gasped. I was like, <gasps> I was like, Tom Hardy's not about to show up, is he? I thought he might no. for a second there. Yeah, because like that's possible. Bl- that th- that was the first bit of live action in the movie, I think. Mm-hmm. And that that blew my mind. I'm like, what? Oh, wow. This is I weird. I would not be shocked if a lot of the live action Spider-Man show up in the sequel. I don't need to see them, but I wouldn't be shocked. It's the third one, right? The third one yeah. has to go the biggest. So it would not be surprising if Toby, Andrew, I mean, Tom all three of them said they'd come back. Like they said that they would keep doing Spider-Man stuff if they kept asking. So I'm assuming they'd have to show up as live action just to keep consistent. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because even in this movie, they were portrayed as live action in the grand I wonder scheme. Why, of- I know like Tom Holland, he was mentioned like verbally, like his universe was mentioned, but I wonder if there's a reason why he didn't physically show up maybe because of who, who knows? I wonder if that was just a choice though. Yeah. It was probably a little more than they could afford at the time. Mm. (gasps) Yeah. Okay. So a live action Spider-Man like next Tom Holland movie has not been announced yet, but Mm -hmm. if he shows up in the next movie, he'll be in his new suit. Yeah. Oh, now nice. I'm too hyped for the sequel. <laughs> now I'm too hyped. <laughs> Give me Spider-Man 4. Give me uh, Beyond the Spider-Verse, I think is what the end credits said it would be called. Yeah, Beyond the Spider-Verse, yep. I wonder if the spot is technically a cameo too, because the only place I've ever seen the spot, and I didn't even, it was after I left the theater and I was thinking about it, and I'm like, I've seen this guy before. Where have I seen this guy before? And then I remembered he was a bad guy in the 90s Spider-Man cartoon. Oh, okay. And I remember there was Well, I heard big, of the dot, like Polka Dot Man. I heard of that guy, but I didn't hear of the spot. Po- Polka Dot Man's uh, in the Suicide Is Squad. Is that Batman? Oh, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. But the spot, I remember him because in the 90s cartoon, there was this big storyline where it was like 
well, basically what, what it was, it was like transdimensional things. And then Mary Jane got sucked down one of the portals and got lost for a while. And I, I think he was just, he was just a villain of the week in that, but one who caused <laughs> a big, a big problem uh, for Peter for a while in the show for that story arc. But I just remember watching that. I just got that random memory in my mind of the spot from DVDs of that show I had when I was a kid. And that's the only place I've ever seen the spot besides this movie. Mm-hmm. So I think he, he is a thing somewhere. Uh, the oh, spot is, sure. is kind of interesting as a villain. He's, He's more uh, of a plot device, if I'm being in this, honest. In this movie, yeah. yeah. He's and not bad. He's voiced by, I recognize him, he's voiced by uh, Jason Schwartzman. Okay. Of, uh, I recognize his voice of a, um, I guess, Fantastic Mr. Fox. If you've seen any fucking Wes Anderson movies in it. <laughs> That's basically him. I just like that his entire shtick was being annoyed that Miles doesn't see him as, well, that, mm-hmm. not that Miles doesn't see him as a nemesis, but no, actually that was his thing. He's just annoyed that Miles yeah. doesn't respect him Villain more the as week. A, as a villain, like villain it's of like the I'll week, show I, can, you. I can be so much more than that. Which, okay, if I'm getting nitpicky, that was basically the Joker's plot line in the Lego Batman movie. But it was slightly, it was slightly different. It was more like, why don't you love me as much as I love you? Yeah, it's but slight it was, different. I, I know what you're saying, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kind of similar to that. Kind of. Doesn't make it a bad premise for a villain, though. Speaking of Lego. Lego Spider-Man. <laughs> I love how Miguel's like, thank you. You're one of the best. <laughs> You're the best of us. And every like kid who grew, or every adult who grew up with like Legos was like, yeah, he is. Oh, uh, I think that might have something to do with. And I didn't even connect this till later. But Phil Lord and Chris Miller also did the Lego movie. So, you know, they got us sp- did. So, yes, you know, they got a special place in their heart for Legos. Yeah, so good. But I, yeah. I, I like the spot. Yeah, he got. He kind of went from a joke to scary real fast, though. Mm-hmm. When he went all, like, black. I like that. And just, just dark and became a void. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. Just destroyed a universe. Yeah. I'm like, you're I scary. love the idea. It's very much uh, Big Hero 6, where they mixed up Tokyo and um, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Where here it's Manhattan and... Um, I think it was part of Mumbai. India. Yeah, Mumbai. It was like Mumbai hat. Yeah. And that style was really cool. And I love that version of Spider-Man as well. Uh, I was kind of cocky. Pavel Parker. <laughs> I also like that. And it, it was kind of funny that this is a Spider-Man who Peter Parker is known for having rotten luck and everything goes wrong for him. Mm-hmm. This guy's got great genetics, a great girlfriend. Everything goes perfectly great for him. He work. He he gets good grades. Everything is. His parents love him. He gets in home home in time for chai with his grandmother. Not chai tea. You're basically <laughs> saying tea tea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love all the jo- like all the soldiers. Like, why do people say ATM machines? The M is machine. <laughs> You're right. There was multiple jokes like that in the movie. And then I had a part of me was like, what is AT? What does the AT stand for again? And then I got distracted. I was like, wait, I have to watch this movie. <laughs> Trying to think aut- of it. Aut- automated transaction? Machine? Probably. Well, it's the same thing where people say, people are like RIP in peace or something like that. 
Really? People write I never, that out or like, I never heard that oh, they one. Say, they say on Twitter, it's like rip in peace. It's like you're saying. <laughs> <sighs> people are dumb. Come on, people. Yeah. But I love, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say it. I liked Miles' suit in the last movie. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like this one. I like, I like this one. I thought it was okay. It's, just, it's, like, so I would say it's a nice, it's a nice, uh, variant of it, but I just love the, like the shoulders in the last one. And like the spray painted symbol of it. Yeah. I didn't hate this one. Peter B. Parker didn't seem to like it much either. Are you bleeding no. from your arms or what? You're bleeding from your armpits. I love how much of a dad he is. Like newborn, like annoying dad. I love that they did yeah. that. I was very afraid he was going to die in this movie. They couldn't. Once he introduced that kid, you, he can't die. He's shoving the baby in everybody's faces, making yeah. everybody look at pictures of her. Never. I swear Please. to God, though, if he wears that pink robe in the next movie, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One movie. One movie was enough for that. <laughs> one movie is enough for me. Uh, yeah. I love the inclusion of Mayday Parker because she is like a character in the Marvel comics. So it's like, hey. See, I don't really know about Mayday Parker because I just know that uh, they never really let Spider-Man grow up. Nope. In Marvel comics, it's just, <laughs> I feel like that deserves a whole episode on its own because I've got many rants about that, about how yeah. Spider-Man is forever 16 and can mm. never progress as a character. Actually, that's kind of just a Marvel problem in general. Actually, that's kind of just a comics problem in general, but Marvel specifically, <laughs> but Spider-Man specifically. <laughs> it's all bad. I just saw the vi- the Vane diagram in your head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love this movie's comedy. It's it's like it's, it's not even just smart comedy. It's just well timed and very well like character comedy, especially with Miles and his two parents. But I get, like even the intro for Miles, where he's like, "I endorsed a baby power, a uh, baby powder." I, I apologize, apologize for seeing the baby. <laughs> that, that was so funny. I also love the joke when they were at the trying to find out about his college applications. Yeah. And uh, I don't remember what subject it was. Maybe it was like sports. Spanish. It was, it was like sports or something. And then the, and then the dad's like, yep, just like his uncle. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it and was then like arts and was science fail- or something like, yeah, yeah. Arts and science. And he's like, yeah, just like his uncle. And then he was failing Spanish. Like, oh, yep. Just, just like, like his uncle. <laughs> I love how the dad was, I love the dad was like, oh no. And the mom goes, what? Miles. <laughs> Immediately well, starts he, leaping like, he into skipped, Spanish. He skipped like six classes and he's like, just like his uncle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like how he just he jumped from pride to disappointment yeah. very fast. When Miles says whatever to them on the roof, I was like, ooh. That was so that was <laughs> sure so done funny. That. That, that was the other one I was gonna bring up too. I'm like, oh, this is it's way too relatable. All the like parents in the room and my theory went, Oh, shouldn't have done that. And I and I like that they didn't even necessarily show anybody's reaction immediately. He said yeah. whatever, and then you just kinda hang on Miles' face for a second, and then you as well, you the see audience are like, Oh, he screwed up. And then he you see him realize he messed up mm-hmm. before you anyone see his else. Eyeball, he's like, oh, before gosh. anyone else even says anything, he you see his realization. And I just, mm-hmm. I love that. That was so well done from a filmmaking standpoint. So good. It's just Too well. Related. Just, I love oh, his parents. Man. His parents are so good. Mm-hmm. His parents are awesome. Amazing characters. I love the, I love how the dad had a huge spot in the first movie. And now the mom has a huge spot in this movie as well. Yeah. 
without without sacrificing the dad's story because he gets great scenes too. But the mom has some really great scenes now as well because she's like in maybe scene. three scenes in the first movie. Yeah, I love that she got more to do. I think the dad's best scene was when he was when he was teaming up with Spider Man to take down the spot the first time, mm-hmm. and then he starts. Just in the vent. middle of something. Yeah, just <laughs> venting his frustrations to Miles afterwards. It's like, just let him spread his wings, man. Yeah. Later, that was another maybe good I should just like, let him spread his wings, man. He forget. It's like he forgets he's Spider Man for a second. He's like, I think you should get off the kid's ass. It's like, what was that? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a good one too. Oh, and just like smart dialogue too with uh with Gwen's uh prologue, where mm-hmm. she looks at uh is it Jen? The girl on the the spider woman on the motorcycle. Uh, like, Jess, can you adopt me, Jessica Drew? Jess, yeah. <laughs> can you adopt me? She's like, what? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I love the scene with um Miles and his mom under the water tower or whatever it is, and they're having like yeah. I raised this boy and like I, that kind of got me teared up a little bit because I'm a bit of a mama's boy. And I was like, oh, yeah. she just like it's hard. Like parenting's tough. Like, what do you do? You also can't tell your parents are Spider Man, but also. You know, they yeah. just want the best for you and all that. It's like, and when you're back, you're still grounded. It's like, haha. It's like, haha, I'm laughing, but it's not a joke. <laughs> I heard, uh, I heard multiple parents laugh at the scene yeah. where, where he's imagining what it's like when he finally comes out as Spider-Man. It's like, we love and support we, you yeah. and are not mad at all, even though you lied to us for a year. To us for a year. And I didn't hear any like kids laughing, but the parents definitely laughed at that one. This is a top five movie of the year for me so far i yeah, love this fucking movie it's definitely up there i started making my best oh. of lists so far right behind the mario movie right joe <laughs> i haven't uh made any hard and fast lists right now but so far on my list my favorites this year are wait just, let me guess just in release or in release order i have it here john wick yep guardians yep this movie what else did we watch? <laughs> I've forgotten every other movie we've seen. Um, yeah, I, I, don't know, I don't know. The other two. I'm what are the other? Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, D&D. Or, or oh, yeah, one. yeah. D&D. Uh, and I just saw Blackberry the other week, which is actually fantastic. I heard it was pretty good. It really yeah. is. So I saw so Air this, uh, a week ago. That's actually pretty I, decent. I still need to see that one. I saw it's on. It's, it should not be as entertaining as it is. I still need to see <laughs> that one for sure. That's a lot of people's reviews. So that's my top five right now. It's on Prime. In no uh, no order. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I did notice that. I'll definitely get to it at some point this year. (laughs) Not this weekend. (laughs) I hope not. If I'm watching it this weekend, we have problems. (laughs) Me and Jess are going to wake up and you're like sitting there with popcorn. We're going to be like, what are you doing? Oh, sorry. Did you finish the script? No, I was watching air. It was very (laughs) engrossing. I needed a break. It was very engrossing. How many pages did you finish? One. That's the title page. Oh, can we just read that? <laughs> yeah. Untitled. Anyway. <laughs> All right. One thing I enjoy, speaking of those kind of conversations, one thing I love about this movie is how effortlessly it balanced the drama with the action. Mm-hmm. Most movies have a really tough time doing that. I look at most typical MCU movies because I'll just compare Marvel superhero to Marvel superhero. And a lot of them right. feel very action forward. And whenever people do talk, it always just feels like 
okay, we're just, this is the downtime scene before the next big action set piece or whatever. But Spider-Verse never really felt that way. It felt like the conversations were the meat of it. And then even during the action scenes, there were still good enough exposition dumps that you're still getting character building through action. Mm-hmm. And I just love the conversations where, like I said, he's talking to his parents or talking to Gwen or worrying about his future and mm-hmm. or just or uh, when they're in the Spider-Verse realm and he's debating with Miguel Miguel about the ethics of the universe and whatever. Those aren't like before the big action scenes. Those are the most interesting bits to me. And the movie manages to be two hours and 20 minutes and not feel overly dragged out because which is a long movie for animation yes people don't realize that yes it just most animation doesn't exceed an hour and a half yeah just like a little bit over 90 minutes is usually the the standard yeah well that's the disney standard but i don't know but yeah my point was most superhero movies tend to focus on action above all else, but this one gives a mm. lot of room to breathe for character work. And it just felt more like it helped the it. movie feel like a more complete experience by the end of it. I, I didn't just feel like I had to shut my brain off and be entertained for a couple hours. Like most superhero movies do. This one felt like near, like I do after you're watching a good miniseries or something, not, not that it was overly dragged out, but it's just, okay, I feel like I got a lot for my price of admission here, just in terms of the character building and the action and some romantic subplots and familial love subplots. And just, there was a lot here and all executed well enough that I just feel like I got a lot of value for my time and money for this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved it. Um, even though it was at the theater for five hours, I still loved it. Mm-hmm. And like bad theater experience, but the movie saved it. Like if it was for another movie, I'd be just, I'd be pissed. I'd be like, I don't want to go back and see this movie. But I was having so much fun watching it that I was like, yeah, I want to see it right away. Like, I don't care if it's like a downgrade from what I paid for, but I just had a lot of fun watching it. And I think, I think a lot of, um, especially superheroes stuff, they don't tend to balance uh, or just like mediocre. Why it's a lot of superhero stuff can be mediocre is that they're not great at balancing out the real life drama and comedy with the superhero stuff. Yeah, I mean, yes, you go to these movies for these superheroes. Like everybody loves Thor and everybody loves Captain America, but it's their characters at their core that made people want to come back. Like mm-hmm. I don't think people would come back to watch Captain America movies if it wasn't for who Steve Rogers was. And also Chris Evans, obviously, give him some props for that. So, yeah. and it's and a lot of, especially nowadays, besides of what, besides the Batman, a lot of people, a lot of live action superhero stuff is kind of missing the mark on that. They're just kind of like, okay, let's just push out the superhero stuff that we think is cool and I'll those you, fights. When it comes to Captain America, I'll tell you the two scenes that get me locked in. It was the scene when he's getting his ass beat in the in the alleyway and pulls out a trash can mm-hmm. yeah. to try it, you know, just to try to defend himself. And the bully's beating him down. And he just says, I could do this all day. This scrawny, weak guy standing up for what he believes in. And then later on the, uh, in basic training, when Tommy Lee Jones whips out a grenade and he dives on it, once again, no power, but 
everyone else runs away, but he's the best guy there. He's willing to like, and this is before he even gets the mm-hmm. serum. You know, this endears me to the character before he's the hero, before any action scenes have even really been done, right? And I think in yeah. the, Spi- the Spider-Verse movies do a really good job of that, too. I care about these characters before anything even goes down. Like, mm-hmm. the opening scene here makes me care about uh, George Stacy and Gwen Stacy before the big action scene. And they're, it's kind of like a little short film in a way where you set up that mm-hmm. her best friend died and the captain's after him. And then Gwen tries to outsmart the police, but then saves people. And then George still tries to take her in anyway. It kind of works as its own little story. I also love that for that Peter Parker, it was a completely different character model. Like they didn't have to do that, but they yeah. put the time and the effort to make a completely different looking Peter Parker. That was just a side note, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. That was basically my point. I actually come to think of it. Most of this movie is, nearly subdivided into chapters that way they're like Mm -hmm. a series of short films the first so like there's the Gwen Stacy bit and then there's the bit where he's taking on this villain of the week the spot Mm -hmm. and then there's the bit in um Manhattan like that's a whole section and then there's a whole bit in the uh the uh the new the new New York in 2029 or 2099. So there's, there's that whole section and there's the end where he's in the different reality. They, there's like five distinct sections to this movie, which I think were segmented specifically by the comic books. Whenever the like comic books flipped on screen mm-hmm. with, a, yeah, with yeah. a title to me, those were chapter titles. They, the they chapters, seg- yeah. they're the ones that segmented the movie. So even the, the ending, it was kind of like an epilogue. Mm-hmm. If you think about it. Yeah. And uh, there were some people, it was funny because like, again, spoiler alert, when the Prowler turned up to be that version of Miles. Oh, I saw there that. There people coming. who like, there are people who like gasped my theater. I was like, really? <laughs> like who else could it be? <laughs> well, for me, the thing was he was walking with Uncle Aaron and then he just gets jumped and other Miles is presumably in this universe somewhere. And I'm yeah. like, well, Aaron didn't jump him. Mm-hmm. So... Other Miles must have. I love that twist. I love, because uh, I don't think we've ever seen, it might be in some comic line, but I don't think we've ever seen Miles as the Prowler, which is really cool. Yeah. Now, I'll tell you the two things that, in that twist that got me. That I, it tweaked my brain to be like, this is something weird, but I mm-hmm. brushed past it because I just go with the flow too much sometimes. The first thing when she, was when she said, oh, you changed your hair. And I'm like, he didn't change his hair. He was, his hair was yeah, the same. Yeah, I was like, as, I brushed past that thing. too. I was like, okay. Fine. And then I just brushed past it. The second thing was when she said she didn't know who Spider-Man was. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's kind of funny. Like the mom's not really mm-hmm. attuned to goings on. It's like, yeah, well, maybe like my mom wouldn't know who the superheroes were either. It's like, yeah, parents can just be that way. Just oblivious to the nerd stuff their, their kids are into. It, but then I thought about it more a second and i'm like wait a minute her husband worked with spider-man he never mentioned him once and that's well, funny when I enough, started me like well yeah and then i brushed past that too funny enough her like i brushed past the first part like you said but a funny when she said she didn't know who spider-man was and then just context clues clicked in where because i remember when he was swinging around the universe like this is funny this is weird like it doesn't look like his home and then i remembered and then i was like but i brushed that was my brush past uh, the first time. And then the hair thing brushed past that. And then when she didn't recognize it, it all started clicking where 
I was like, oh my God, th- this is not his universe because it doesn't look like his universe. And, and then I remembered when on screen where it was like, uh, earth 42, I was like, that's not his earth. Like from the chapter at the beginning where it said six, one, six, zero. It's like, that's right. not it. Is that just a technicality? And I was like, oh my God, it all makes sense. This is not his earth. And I was freaking out before the reveal actually happened. And then uncle Aaron walks and I was like, it's not his fucking earth. Well, it, of course you see Gwen going into what he, th- what is the actual apartment? And you're like, oh my God, what an amazing reveal. Something that was probably so obvious. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I thought it was a really good twist uh, at the end there. And also even better, it's the one world that never had the Spider-Man, thanks to him. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, not that, not that it was his fault, but. And I guess, well, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> I was going to say it also doesn't have the Avengers, but there's a lot of Spider-Man stories that don't have the Avengers, but. As True. It's not, it's not a, it's not a gripe. It was just me being like, oh, all Marvel is, <laughs> is in one universe, but it's not. True. Uh, True. I mean, the Spider-Man movies in general have been pretty segmented. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why I thought it was like, where's the Avengers? But it's like, it's different, Ryan. <laughs> Relax. I mean, there's a, in the grand scheme of the multiverse, there's some mm-hmm. universes that just have Spider-Man. Some universes only have the X-Men or the Fantastic Four. Yeah. I mean, what's interesting, what's kind of funny as I walked out was like, Hey, they don't have a Spider-Man, so New York's really messed up. Like the city's on fire and everything. Wait a second. We don't have a Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh yeah, so I guess in this universe, New York never got out of the 80s. Let me look up let me look up how New York's doing right now. <laughs> I think it's okay right now. I'm sure it's fine. I bet it's not handling this heat wave. No. Very well. If it's hitting it. No. It's we're relatively close. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Yeah. So speaking of the, I also enjoyed how they. Sorry, the I, different. I char- just read it again. Peter parked car. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, in terms of, you said how you recognize Miles' universe was different just based on the visual style, and I don't think we talked about how, even though the character animations are also unique, they did the same thing for the worlds too. Which mm-hmm. I'm going to double back to my criticism from at the very top and, and talk about the overstimulation thing. Gwen's world, just I couldn't, I couldn't visually process it. it was oh, that much. was too much for you? Yeah, Gwen's <laughs> whole world was just too much for me. Everything else was Because it changed like with each shot. Yeah, all those pastel colors were just hurting my brain. But from that, uh, whenever she's in her own universe, I bet people want to buy like those animation stills. Because it's just mm-hmm. a beautiful beautiful art piece for sure i think most most stills in this movie are beautiful art pieces one of my favorite like animation styles that they did which was unexpected was that vulture it was kind of like a paper mache like paper drawing stop motion stuff that was was like this movie's gonna be good yeah that's the first fight Mm -hmm. that was the first time i was like and then as soon as We'll talk about him like probably right now, but as soon as Miguel O'Hara jumped out of the portal, I was like, oh yeah, let's fucking go. Oscar Isaac. I love Miguel. I know. Great, great casting choice. What he's been in. So now he is Moon Knight. He's Miguel O'Hara. And why did I think he was another Marvel character? Because I don't think he is. No, Poe Dameron. I could be wrong. Poe Dameron. Dameron. Mar- well, Marvel, Star Wars. They'll cross over at one point. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. 
Maybe at the park. Anyway. I loved Miguel. I know he's like a villain in this movie, but I love him. Yeah, but I don't like, know why. But he also isn't at the same time. Right. He's he's more exactly. like an anti, he's more like an anti-hero Spider-Man if anything. Mm-hmm. Which from what I know about Spider-Man 2099 is kind of accurate. I think he is a lot more hardcore than other Spider-Men. Yeah. But then again, so is Ben Riley. Now, was there's, he there's a, a co- was he a comic book first or was he a video game first? I think he was a comic first. Okay. It's one of those weird... Because I remember he was really popular when that one video game came out, like in 2009 or something. Oh, no, like he's Spider-Man been around. out of the shadows. No, he's been around since the 90s. Okay. Yeah. Give or take. Oh, no, that makes sense because they talk about how in the comics, technically his suit's black, but they use blue because of shadows and whatnot, but... Right. It's whatever. I thought he was Who very cares? interesting. He <laughs> was a vampire. That's That's different vampire spider-man mm-hmm. one which, guy behind me was like i wish he used his vampire powers like a bit or like the fanes a bit more because i think he was a huge fan yeah uh, that was also yeah. the same guy behind me who uh when miles and gwen were flirting like miles says one line and he just audibly goes smooth mm. <laughs> he's like nice miles <laughs> yeah he's got the riz as the kids would say I don't know what the kids say anymore. You could be BSing me and like, I'll just believe you. Riz is short for charisma. I'm not kidding. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, fine. <laughs> uh, we're progressing more and more into 1984. Uh, well, I don't remember what they call it. Is it? I, I don't remember what, what the, the book. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't remember what the, the term for it was, but the whole point of the book. Well, not the point of the book, but in the book. A large part of the way they speak is just the shortest amount of words oh. possible. So that like a lot of communication is just lost, but they use very short words just to get the point across, but without actually commuting mm-hmm. any communicating anything meaningful. It's all about like how can we get everything as short as possible? Yeah. That book was made eighty years ago, but we're doing that all the time. It's we still can't relevant. Even say, we can't even say <laughs> charisma, it's just riz. That's the exact kind of thing. Our well, world just is just slang. becoming 1984. I think that's the most... I hope not. You don't think thought speaks a thing? Or thought crime? That was 80 years ago. Yeah, yeah. You get yeah. arrested just for thinking the wrong thing against the status quo. I mean, the, I oh, mean George, with this George, new George, well, C, Bill C-11 bill where Canada is now moderating everybody's watch stuff. I don't care. Uh, I do care. Sorry. I care. It sucks, but we can't change it. We can. I don't know. We're getting into a, <laughs> it's late. I'm overwhelmed yeah. right now. We're getting into a scary era of censorship socially and Which politically. Which is technically against the, this bill is technically against the Charter and Rights of Freedoms of the Canadian people. But hey, we don't have to get too political right now. We're just talking about Spider-Man. <sighs> yeah. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm not okay, but I'm okay. So I'm surprised this is a kid's movie. It deals with some pretty mm-hmm. weighty. Speaking they of. They swear a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's mostly just ass. They just say ass a couple times. That's true. That's about as far as it got. But mm-hmm. yeah, it just it deals with pretty weighty themes, and the 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 way the characters interact is very mature. Like you said, mm-hmm. the way they the way they flirt or just parent child dynamics, which I don't know if little kids would get that. The parent child dynamics are very much teenager to parent. Like when he said mm-hmm. whatever, I don't know if the kids would get that. You know. If they would, 
<laughs> like when I you also said, what? love how when like the one moderator was saying you're from a struggling immigrated family is like oh we're from Puerto Rico like and we have a house down in Florida US. yeah <laughs> it's like I have a house in Brooke like we're we're doing great I'm I love be, how they made it's like captain no, tomorrow immer- I love how it's like no em- immigrate immigrated families can be successful in America so <laughs> yeah yeah I I like that it doesn't yeah they're just yeah they're just a, a middle class family they don't have to go too far into the hardships miles morales isn't yeah you know he's not defined by his hardships if anything which is kind of a funny twist if you think about it because peter parker is like a white guy from the low classes who's more mm-hmm. defined by his hardship and miles morales is like a middle class guy has more breaks than peter parker does yeah it's kind of a funny twist on cliches that way I love the joke when uh, Miles' parents meets up with Gwen. He's like, who's your dad? I bet it's a drug dealer. He's actually a cop. I take back what he said. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so funny. Let's get into Miguel O'Hara and that whole thing, because we kind of avoided that thus far. That's true, yeah. I love him. I don't know why. I think because, like, he's just a... I think he's just a really strong character in terms of strength and just just well-written. Well, you know, he's got. It's like Peter B. Parker said, "You're one of the only Spider-Man without a sense of humor." Mm-hmm. He's like, "Why is that?" <laughs> <laughs> he's got this really messed up backstory where he does the. He does basically what DC did, but they're like, "No, if they did that, they destroy that universe." <laughs> what DC did, I was thinking more like what Wanda. It tried was like. To do. Yeah, what Wanda tried to do, but there was a thing in the Injustice comics where they basically had uh, spoilers, where they had a Oliver Queen meet up with a Black Canary from a different universe, and they're like, mm. "Yeah, that's fine." Apparently, it's not fine. <laughs> no. And what's it's also I know it's animation, but this is why people need to stop sleeping on animation, where Miguel can't do anything, and the entire universe is collapsing behind him, and then he's just by himself. That alone got me. Or just like, because he knew he fucked up and there was nothing he could do about it. So yeah. right then and there, you understood where he's coming from. And you have it here in your notes. He's scary. When he's pissed off and he's coming at Miles, I thought he was going to kill him. Everybody I he was else straight is like, rip his throat out. Everyone else is like, dude, chill. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I've been avoiding him. I think the subtext to me was that's why he'd been avoiding Miles Morales this whole time because yeah. he knew he'd freak out on him if he ever got to meet him. Because mm-hmm. he blames him for starting to crack the fabric of the Spider-Verse. You were nothing. You weren't supposed to get bit. Yeah. You ruined an entire world, cracked open mm-hmm. the multiverse, started making a it's, whole yeah. bunch of mess. Just it's funny how anomaly. they answered, like, why that spider had the number 42 on him. Like, nobody asked that. But they're like, hey, it's actually the entire plot of our third movie. <laughs> like, it's the whole re- They didn't need to answer that, but it worked yeah. out for them. So that all brings me to what I think is the general idea of this movie. And that's why I think it works well enough alone is because to me, the theme of this movie is uh, control. And the different people who are under control or who who wield control in different ways, mostly control between parents and kids. That's 
the main metaphor, but there is also, it's just more, it's between destiny and choice is the main thing. Everybody always, like, I think the movie kind of starts getting you in this direction from the grounding. Mm -hmm. To me, that's the first subtle hint of what it's really about is kid does something of his own free will. Parents don't like their boy becoming a man, having more independence, Mm -hmm. more that he's lying about it. But point is, they don't really like how he's conducting himself. So you're grounded. You, you lash out some more, you're grounded for more ones. And then he sneaks out to do his own thing and assert his independence anyway, which arguably causes more trouble. The parents were arguably right to keep Miles grounded because he was being a bit of a dick. He wasn't telling, you know, he wasn't sharing his secrets or confiding in them and they could have, they could have helped him and they have more wisdom than he knows. But also he, he's right to want to assert his independence as well. That kind of conflict in a very relatable way sets up the big conflict by the end of the movie is all this council of Spider-Men say, in our wisdom, you are going to wreck the universe if you assert your independence and do what you want. And him being the rebellious teenager says, well, I'm going to do what I want anyway. Even if, because mm-hmm. I, I can find a way. And once again, they say, well, you know, in our wisdom, that's, that's not going to happen. But he's also like, well, you're too set in your ways and I'm my own man. And I, you know, my conscience says I got to go this way. I'll find my own way. So, and you can also see the same kind of struggles play out between Gwen and her father as well. You know, Gwen's dad is the, is the cop and you think he's the cop above all else, even being a father. That's what she sees at the very beginning. So she rebels and goes off with this multiversal Spider-Man collective. Because she thinks that's the rebellious thing to do. But they end up being the controllers in the end. They're the ones trying to... And she also tries to control Miles' destiny as well by not making him privy to all the information. You know, uh, yeah. So then she realizes she's on the wrong side and rebels again. So <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to credit Justin for coming up with that bit about Gwen. Because he realized that way quicker than I did after he left the after he left the theater that she she left her in she asserted her independence just to become a controller in the end and then switched back and then that made me realize that the one who ties it all together is Kobe because he's the only one from the very beginning so who's funny. like you don't tell me what to do I don't follow any of your orders I'll be a part of the collective until you actually order me and then I'm out yeah. Yeah, uh, it was weird because I don't know if it was like the sound in the theater, but I didn't really understand a lot of his lines. But yeah. I love how like when the uh, Thick when the one universe was collapsed was a uh, was collapsing, he was like he was like, "What's happening?" He's like, "It's a symbolism for capitalism." Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, "No, it's much worse." And I just looked it up. That's a uh, Daniel Kaluuya. I'm really? pretty sure. Yeah, nice Spider Punk. As soon as he liked, showed up, I was like, they did not do Spider-Punk. That's hilarious. I also liked his line when um, when Mayday got a dirty diaper and he's like taking a crap on the establishment. I yeah. like you. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, when I'm rocking out, destroying fascism. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's... So to me, he's the one who ties it all together. So that's, that's what... Mm-hmm. Across the spy... And that's why in the end... With with Gwen, you needed that resolution with her father. 
where he said that, you know, he gave up, he's willing to give up being a cop to be a good dad and let her be independent. Mm-hmm. He accepted her as Spider-Gwen and that made her realize, okay, well, he was trying to be more dominant before, but now he, we're a little bit, now that I've grown up and shown, proven myself as a, you know, somebody worthy to, more more worthy in his eyes than he originally thought, then now we can have a better relationship. We're more on equal footing. Now right. uh, I can choose my own way instead of having it chosen for me. And it, once again, it's the same thing with Miles and his mom too. You know, she says, well, you know, I know you're a man, but I have trouble seeing past the boy you used to be. And like, mm-hmm. I want you to fight for that boy, even if I can't be there to do it for you anymore. And, you know, she has trouble seeing him grow up and make his own decisions as well. And that's what he ultimately has the confidence to do by the end. He wants to. Yeah, and that kind of goes back to even the original theme of the first one is going past the original Spider-Man's legacy, getting the confidence to do his own thing in the first place. You know, he even says he's not like other Spider-Men. And this is like just furthering that thread of him getting the confidence to do his own thing and be independent and be a, a grown man who, you know, is independent in his own right. So as Spider-Man and as a human being and as, you know, as a, just sticking it to the audience too, really, if they think that Miles Morales always exists in Peter Parker's shadow, this movie is further proof that he can exist on his own merit. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of, depth in here yeah well said i man i love this movie <laughs> i thought it was i think is absolutely phenomenal just all the different themes like you said about control and destiny it's just it's really well done and the reason i said at the top that i think it's better than no way home or like no way home's presence is because in that movie uh peter is trying to save all of the villains because he was blamed for a villain's death and he was on almost trial for murder and all that. Yeah. But, uh, and fights with Dr. Strange and it's good action, but as an audience member, you don't really sympathize with that. Like, okay, yes, he wants to make sure no other villain gets hurt, but he is aware that they are villains from another universe, right? Whereas here, uh, and if he does that, he might cause anomalies or, or whatnot. Whereas here in Across the Spider-Verse, Miles just wants to save his dad. Yep. He doesn't want to lose another parental figure. And the entire Spider-Verse is saying, no, your dad has to die in order for the universe to be, or the multiverse to be saved. But also your, like, just, j- in order for you to like continue as Spider-Man and Miles is saying, no, I, I don't believe that. And right there is where you, I think you identify with Miles more. It's a much more personal story, but it's also just like you, you've seen throughout, even in the first movie and this movie, how different Miles is. Nobody else can turn invisible from what we know. Nobody else can do the venom punch even in canon and stuff. So there's little stuff like that. His style as Spider-Man is different. You know, most of the other Spider-Man 
clothing is red and blue mixture of black. He is fully black with a little bit hints of red in there. Mm-hmm. And he is a standout and he believes he can stand out. And as an audience member, you believe he can stand out. And the way this movie sets up the parental figures, you don't want to see his dad die. I don't want to mm-hmm. see either of his parents die. I'm going to be so upset. One of them probably does in the next movie. But probably, yeah. I'm willing to make that prediction now that his his I'm gonna say his dad does die. Probably. He's gonna do everything. And his dad's it, gonna be like, it's okay. Yeah. But it's probably it's not gonna okay. be the way he thinks it'll go down. It'll mm-hmm. probably be for yeah. something stupid or something that is out of his control. He'll probably have pre- it's one of those things where he'll probably have prevented the thing that he thought yeah. was gonna kill him. It's like hooray, I did it. Him. Yeah. I have a weird theory that Miguel is going to kill his dad. Just, just like to keep the timeline the going or something just to keep the timeline. But then that fucks up the timeline still. And then Miguel's like, what have I done? That's my theory, but I feel like that might be a bit too basic. And this That's movie not- franchise so far has not been basic. <laughs> I no, trust a, in the writers to find like a smart fun way. Not to say that it'd be a bad that's a idea. Decent, that's a decent theory though. My yeah, only problem with that is that to... I, don't re- I don't really know what kind of lines Spider-Man 2099 is willing to cross though. Exactly. He is, still a, he is still a Spider-Man. He is still a hero at the mm-hmm. end of the day. He's doing it to save Because he universe. didn't want to, he didn't want to kill Miles, but he was, he like, again, what we saw, he could have like right away. He captured him in the, uh, like the red global thing or whatever, the red trap. Yeah. I love, again, the spider punks like, use your palms, like I told you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I just, again, just the comparison with No Way Home. Again, No Way Home is good. Like, I'm not saying it's bad by any standards, but this took that premise, at, tweaked it a little bit, and made it 10 times better, in my opinion. They went a lot further with it, for sure. Mm-hmm. No Way Home was kind of restrained by it being live action. This is where you can see the real difference between live this action and animation. This is proof you can do fucking anything in animation. This is proof. I yes. said that wrong. Proof. <laughs> My speech impediment's kicking in. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's late. I love this so. movie. Now, would you say it's better than the first movie? Because I recently watched the first movie yesterday in order to get ready for this one. And okay. it's kind of tough. Mm-hmm. to now, say one's better than the other I mm, I have a soft spot for origin stories mm-hmm. I tend to I tend to be of the belief that when you're watching movies and you're just thinking you know what I remember these movies being very enjoyable and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna get one up to watch it's usually the first one because the first one had to sell you on the premise in the first place it had to be satisfying usually as a complete package i don't see myself wanting to bring up across the spider verse again unless i'm watching the whole trilogy back to back when it's finally done because then it's like oh man it ends on a cliffhanger and i gotta watch more so just as a as a viewer it's more fun to rewatch part one of the stories usually Mm. in terms of actual quality of movies though I think the animation's better in this one. They uh, they up their game there. I think they're going for a lot more emotionally heavy stakes here. They got me more... They built off the first one well enough that it got me way more invested in the characters this time around. Mm-hmm. 
uh, just continuing my love and appreciation for them and furthering their stories in a very satisfying way. I, mm. But I feel like the first one was a bit more light and fun at, by that same token. So I just, I enjoy myself watching the first one more. This one, right. This one made me feel more, I think, mm-hmm. but it wasn't quite as fun. And it's also way longer too. So that feels like a <laughs> bit of a demerit. Not that they didn't use their time well, but I think the first one was better, but this is still, you know, great effort. I'm not saying like, oh yeah, the second one's yeah. garbage and the first one's far and away better, but mm-hmm. I do think the first one I, I like better. This is the only time I, will, I have ever done this in my life. I think they are the exact same in terms of quality for what they right. both produced. And I think they're both 10 out of 10 films. I'll say that. I can't think I can't think of a negative when coming to these movies. Like thinking about these movies brings me so much joy. And I think they're on par right now. Again, when the trilogy comes out, I'll be able when the third one comes out, I'll be able to rank all of them, I think. Mm-hmm. But right, maybe because it's so fresh in my brain right now, I can't even say that I'm leaning more towards the second movie or the first one because there's so many different qualities in what they try to produce. I think they are about the same. I think if it was the Olympics, it'd be gold, and whoever came in third got the bronze. I yeah. fully believe that. My only, demer- my only demerits for this movie are, like I said, it's just it's a lot to take in in terms of plot. That's good, though. In terms of plot <laughs> and visual stimulation, it just breaks my brain, and there's so much to process, and also. I have a problem with the spot kind of just dropping out of the movie halfway through just to show up as the threat. Mm. Like, cause I know it's setting up for a third one, but he kind of just drops completely, which I feel is a valid demerit, even though it's not like it was handled poorly at any point. It's just, Oh, well that's weird. You're just dropping out here just to set up for the third one. So I just feel like it's a little less tight than the first one as a, um, right. I as a you. thing like it's still it's still great in you know many many regards but i do think i think this is like the first one is well i don't want to give numbers <laughs> first one is I think probably it's a like top, i think it's a top three spider-man movie there i said it this one yeah and into the spider and into the spider-verse is also a top three, three. yeah all right so what's your third one what's rounding out that third that's the tough part I, I think when we first said it, I think I did say No Way Home was top three, but now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think so. But it's, it is also a top five. If I was doing top five, it'd probably be in no particular order. Uh, no Way Home. S- oh, man. I'm trying to figure out spot four and, five, uh, four and three. Yeah. Um, Spider-Man 1, Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man 2, and then these two animated movies. I really enjoy these movies. And they'll flip-flop. Like, it's not set in stone. Like, those three to four movies will always flip-flop for me. See, right now my top four on my list here, I just pulled up. Uh, number four was No Way Home. Number three was Spider-Man 1. Number two was Into mm-hmm. the Spider-Verse. Number one was Spider-Man 2. Right. I don't know where I'm going to put across the Spider-Verse. It's, it's definitely going to be Put it in at that... four and put No Way Home down. 
Yeah, I think it's going to be above No Way Home. I just don't know if it's going to beat Spider-Man 1 because nostalgia points are hard there. Yeah, like I hear you. It's fir- like the first superhero movie that ever really had a strong impact on me. Mm-hmm. So if I had to rank, like if someone put a gun to my head and it was like, which anime movie's better, I would put the first one. But I just think, I think they're I don't two think- very, I think they're two kind of different movies. It's weird because like they have yeah, some of the same themes, but also two very different themes. So for me, it's three or four. I think into the Sp- Spider-Man 2 and into the Spider-Verse, I'll still, I'll, I still prefer over this. I just don't yeah. know if I like it more than Spider Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 1. That's fair. That's I hear you. That's just where, like, and even that's more like, on a technical level, this is mm-hmm. probably more well done. Not that the Spider-Man 1. That's where I'm coming sla- from, really. Not, not that it is really a slouch in any regard either. That's a great movie, too. It's mm-hmm. one of the first movies that proved superheroes could work uh, in, a, in a grounded way, more or less. I mean, probably any, if I was to redo this, a Tobey Maguire movie would probably be number one for me. Probably Spider-Man 2. And yeah, then that's, into that's the my number one. And then, yeah. Yeah. Because Into Spider-Man 2 is really good, but just... But I think the problem I've is... Seen, I've seen rankings where people have put these anime movies at the top, and I don't disagree, because they're I'll, really good. I'll tell you the problem and why it's throwing me off already is because I look at Spider-Man 1 and Spider-Man 2. They're fantastic Peter Parker movies. That's and the that's problem. What's, that's and the that's problem what's I'm th- having. They, they tell the story of Peter Parker as perfectly as they can be told. It's hard to throw into the Spider-Verse in there because it's, it's, a, great a, Spider- yeah. it's a great Spider-Man movie. It's a great Miles Morales movie, but I don't know if I can compare... It's hard to compare, like, yes, the story of Peter Parker was told very well in the first two, but I don't know if they're better Spider-Man movies than Spider-Verse. That's the tough part, yeah. I hear you. I'm like, they adapted that character as well as it can be told, and this is adapting Miles, probably. I don't know enough about Miles in the comics to say it's a great adaptation, but I know it's a really well-done project. So, <laughs> it's, it's tough. You know, they're both great at what they're doing. They're all but phenomenal, who, though. I think really what it comes down to is what Spider-Man do you like better in the, at the end of the mm-hmm. day? This is the best Miles Morales gets, and those ones are the best Peter Parker gets. So who's your favorite Spider-Man? Doing, That's really if what we're it, doing all media, I'm putting Spectacular Spider-Man up there in my top five. Mm-hmm. And I'm taking, I'm taking out No Way Home. And I'm also going to, I don't know if I want to put in or just do an honorable mention to spider-man the video game the 2018 one because right. i think he's done very well as well oh yeah he definitely has i think it's a yeah. bit of a cop-out to put in a tv show because tv shows are always going to be more investing whatever but <laughs> fine they're rest. tied at five both of them because i can't not have them <laughs> yeah spectacular spider-man's so good all right uh, well as of tonight that's pretty well all i've got to say on across the spider-verse it's yeah, beautiful phenomenal movie everybody should go see it everybody should go see it one or two times not one and a half times everybody <laughs> well the first time you see it it'll break your brain like me and the second time you see it you can actually enjoy it mm-hmm. well not the won't enjoy it the first time you'll probably love it the first time this is not me digging at you at all my brain was not broken just saying but that's also because i've dealt with a lot of multiversal stuff I can see where it could break some brains. That's not. I'm not saying it's not unbreakable. That's not what it was. It was the animation style. It's not the plot. Ah, 
It was gotcha. It's it's the visual stimuli, not not misunderstanding. Too many, yeah, too many. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What is it? Too much? What's the stimuli? <laughs> what's it called? Uh, uh, the the endorphins or whatever. <laughs> yeah, like that. That's my problem with it. It's just it's not it's not plot. I mean, mm-hmm. the plot was really overstuffed. It was yeah. arguably overstuffed as well, but that's not like it wasn't. It wasn't a lack of understanding or stuff. I love that it was over two hours. It's an anime movie. It's over two hours. What a steal. Yeah. Like I said, I feel like I got a good deal, but it's. And then it was just the next movie. Well, yeah, it's just a lot to process, but I don't want to end on a more down. Anyway, it was, it was great. Pretty much everything it does. It does phenomenal. Yeah. And uh, watch it as soon as you can watch it tonight. As this podcast is released. And I know that'll be like a week after it comes out, but because uh, <laughs> we're busy. <laughs> watch it for the first time anyway and uh, see it twice. Oh, uh, it's if, so good. Uh, if this is the second week and you've already seen it. I can't it. wait to play Miles Morales again. Yeah. To get that platinum. Still haven't gotten around to that one yet, but you know how far I am. You can beat it. On video games. I looked it up. You can beat it in seven hours. Hmm. It was just a glorified DLC when it came out. See, I don't like it when people say that, though. I know, but that's because what it was like. That was, that's a, what it it's was. It's a launch it was, game. It was like a DLC that ballooned into something they could sell off on its own. I hear you, but it's more. It's more than that. It's like it's. You can still explore Manhattan fully. You get more. You get more powers. There, the only thing you do have is like less gadgets and I guess less runtime. But also, the first Spider-Man game I felt was way too long. But maybe I was just doing too many side quests and shit. But the Miles Morales game is a lot of fun, and it does the Miles Morales story very well as as well. Yeah. It's fun. And it is a game meant to play twice. Like, they knew they didn't have... It was also during the pandemic, or, like, close to, where they knew they had to get this launch title out quickly, but also had to work on Spider-Man 2. So they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, we'll give you... And they give you reason to play New Game Plus. All right. All right, that's well, good. that's all for you. Uh, plug your socials. That's my and... indefensive. <laughs> okay. That's all for you. Let's plug your well, socials and let's get some sleep because I uh, this weekend's going to be... What is sleep? Anyway, you can find me at Ryan Walker Official on YouTube, TikTok, and on Instagram. Streaming Jedi Survivor right now. Go watch it. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Thoughtplane Media. Also, check out the close-up with Ryan and Joe Facebook page for latest updates on the show. If you listen to us in audio, check out our YouTube channel. And if you're on YouTube, find us anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. Also check out the Thought Plane Facebook page and like our link for a Blue Star Apart trailer. Uh, go to visit the pay- the official page on thoughtplane.ca as well. Uh, we're get- trying to get our short film into film festivals and any reaction or share or whatever you can do to support it would be fantastic. It'll help our chances to get in. So thank you very much for that. And we hope to see you on the next close up with Ryan and Joe, where we talk about something. Haven't decided yet, (laughs) but come back when you come back when it's out. All right. Till next time. Thwip.